Welcome to Regulars Anonymous. With host, Zachary Landry. Sitting down with the people who are standing in line behind you at the grocery store. And hearing what they have to say. Pinned up against the wall with this microphone. Got your little Santa sack? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you like surprises, don't you? I love surprises, Zachary. Best part of life? Mm, one of them, mm-hmm. I think. Surprising others is, is nice as well. To see the reaction. Yeah. Or the... I guess maybe it's like a sense of suspense and then the thrill. And then the realization. But giving surprises is kind of an art form in and of itself. To pick the right surprise for the mm-hmm. right person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How to truly surprise them. Mm-hmm. Catch them off guard. Yeah. When was the last time you were surprised? Mm. I think maybe running into my cousin in an unexpected place. I like those kind of surprises. You run into someone. That is wholesome. <laughs> right? Yeah. Other than that, I can't really think of. I think. When you think of a surprise, do you consider it immediately positive or immediately negative? Uh, neither. Ooh, neutral. Yeah. Neutral I'm surprise. Not... That's the name of our next band. Neutral surprise. <laughs> It's an interesting question, though. Thank you. I guess it depends on the surprise. It does. It really yeah. does. Because it, okay. it basically comes down to, is it someone, we'll use running into someone, okay. for example, is it someone I would like to run into? Right. Yeah. Because that can be a surprise of a completely different yeah. kind. Or you show up somewhere and you're like, that fucking person's here? He's <gasps> like, hide behind I, the bananas. It's going to be an early night, I yeah. guess. Yeah. I'm out of here. Not- but even, even those situations, I like... Yeah, I've never really Folks felt like don't that. don't bother me. Yeah, I'm always excited to see people. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like a dog. Down for it. Yeah, I'm yeah. just like playful posture. Yeah. Let's play game of fetch. Let's see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> you know? That was a surprise. <laughs> yep. I'm full of them. Neutral over here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was a neutral surprise for uh, Zachary did, Landry. Didn't really catch me off guard. Not, <laughs> you get to know yet, not that surprising. <laughs> you know, one thing that was surprising for me when I was traveling abroad, mm-hmm. when I went to France for three and a half months to do a residency in a castle on the Mediterranean Sea, was that history can surprise someone over time, which is really fascinating to me because it takes so much time for a history to develop initially. And then it reveals itself to you if you're paying attention and looking and you become surprised by it in new ways all the time, every day. Even if it's the same thing that you're looking at, if you pass by something in your day, it's never going to be the same because it could be a different time. The light could be hitting it differently. You could be in a different headspace different mood your perspective is different somehow something that you experienced or talked about with someone or realized yourself can make you look at something in a new way even though it has not actually changed you have 
and then somehow it impresses itself differently upon you. Oh, yeah, I love that. If you read a book as a kid, then reread it as an adult. That's a perfect example. You pull, you can pull entirely new meanings or things that you didn't necessarily notice the first time. Yeah. Do you and have an example of that? Could be a Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Mm. And I think it was more more of the humor. Mm. You know, caught me differently. And then the application of just reading it, going out, living life, having bizarre experiences. And I think we mentioned it the last time that we talked was one of my favorite things about life is it's more interesting than I could ever imagine it to be. And I think that's just going back then rereading the book as an adult. You see how well written it was to uh, demonstrate that, that point of view and that how life is to a ridiculous degree, of course, in the book, but how it plays out the exact same on earth. And that is also a surprise. Yeah. And I love that. I love that about art, that it can be so surprising and we can revisit it and surprise ourselves, be surprised by how we've changed and how we've grown. Have you grown lately? I think I'm growing all the time. Yes, absolutely. I never want to stop. I never want to stop growing and learning and being curious and asking questions and being observant. Learning about materials is something that I'm really passionate about right now mm -hmm. and how materials react together and how I can combine disparate objects and textures and substances to create something new. And that is also surprising because in a sense you have this knowledge about an object or a material and you have an idea about how it might look or feel or react, but you're not sure. And oftentimes when you put those things together, something very unpredictable is going to happen. Mm -hmm. It's like, it's an experiment. It's really, I would say maybe the very essence of experimentation. I have a surprise. So can you describe what I'm doing? You're looking and you are rummaging through a bag that seems to be handcrafted in a, uh, I'll say warm place. Now it looks like you're pulling a rabbit out of it. Doesn't seem to be breathing. Jangly. Oh, what is it? What could it be? Is it a scarf? What is it? Ooh. Now you are um, dissecting and pulling apart. <laughs> Those candlesticks? Close. <laughs> We're going to light them on fire. You know how much I love fire. Yeah. Wow. These are lovely. I have a brought for you, sir. Oh, look at this. We have a very fine French champagne <laughs> that we will be enjoying on this beautiful snowy evening. And uh, we're going to get this open. And I was thinking about the sound. Mm. 
And of course, we all are familiar with this beautiful sculptural element of the champagne bottle, which is the wire basket, which we're removing right now. Some people make those into very beautiful chairs. Are you ready? All right. <clears throat> I'm going to point this away. It's going to go up, up, and away. Woo! Whee! Glass, 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 glass! <laughs> Not over the laptop. <laughs> okay, we'll let it settle a little bit, and then we'll fill her up. To the inevitable demise of democracy and humanity, respectively. To surprise. <laughs> <laughs> to surprise. Uh, thank you. Mm. That was surprisingly good. Mm. <laughs> oh, don't be surprised by that. <laughs> Got Emily Promise Allison in the house. I love the sound of it. It's such a sensory experience, you know? That's another thing that I've been exploring with my work, is really embracing the surprises of the senses. Mm -hmm. And how we can use all of our senses to experience something for one time only. For example, a performance. It's a very ephemeral thing. And the word ephemeral makes me think of the word effervescent. It's sparkling somehow. And then sparkling makes me think of fire. And fire makes me think of destruction, but also life. Where do you go from fire? Well, fire is ancient. Fire is something that I feel our species is so familiar with in a very evolutionary, intrinsic way, and yet at the same time, it's completely mysterious and beguiling. You know, when you're a kid and you're playing with fire, you can't really stop yourself from doing that. I couldn't. No, there is a... Intrinsic, intrinsic attraction to it. Yes, absolutely. It draws you towards it. And even now, when we are watching a fire and the way that it moves and the unpredictability of it, and yet at the same time, we are holding it in a space and we're making ourselves very vulnerable by doing so. People heat their homes with fire. People's houses have also burned down from fire. Mm -hmm. So it's this really interesting play between safety and danger. The containment and... We kind of hold it hostage in a lot of ways. Yeah. You know, if you think about lighters or torches or welding, for example, it's like we have mastered the control of fire. Mm. While at the same time... The domestication. The domestication of it. That's yeah. exactly the word. Yeah. The domestication of fire. Exactly. 
the discovery of it is something that really fascinates me because we will never know what that was. We will never Initially. know what that feels like. I mean, of course, when we're kids, we feel like we are discovering everything. So it, it's probably close to that sort of moment. And that's a surprise. That's a huge surprise. I mean, it's also a surprise when you burn your hand. Yeah. <laughs> and you feel the consequence of that magic. Sensory surprise. Sensory surprise. That's the name of our second band. <laughs> I saw that coming. Yeah. Yeah. We've got it all lined up. <laughs> name band generator. Yeah. That's what we're here for. And I think that my personal attraction to this beautiful classical element of fire is the rawness of it, that it is from nature, that it can destroy, but it can also bring life. And when I was in France, I had so much autonomy. I had so much permission to experiment with my practice. And because of that, and only because of that, I was able to reach that point where I was using fire and small explosions to express that more metaphorical sense of being. That could only be, in my mind, communicated through this idea of destruction. But at the same time, when you think about something like fireworks, which are one of my very favorite things it's very traumatic it sounds very violent but it's also this beautiful special surprising alluring ephemeral thing well everything about it everything about it the anticipation of it going yes, off yes so sometimes there's a delay in the sound the how loud it's gonna be whether it's one of those like exactly oh i love those ones what one's it gonna be what kind yes is this the end? Yes. Where's the encore? Yeah. And it's usually enjoyed by multiple people in the same space. Outside. Yeah, a gathering. A gathering. Yeah. So it's cultural. Somehow it's celebratory. And you can get hurt by it. You know? But the joy of it outweighs the danger. Hmm. Probably not in the beginning. You know, there's a story <laughs> that I read about once in the newspaper, and it was tragic. And I thought it was so incredibly tragic that it became surreal to me in my mind. It was a fireworks factory in Mexico that had caught on fire. Oof. Go out in a blaze of glory, I guess. A horrific, I mean, the fatality, beautiful... The, the, yeah, the, the incredible twist and perversion of this item used for celebration. Mm -hmm. Well, you had to think it, we got there, if someone threw a stick of dynamite, hit a tree, and they're like, that was kind of fun. <laughs> <laughs> you think we could get good at that? Yeah, I think that was me, like, 10,000 years ago. <laughs> the first stick of dynamite. 
Yeah, the evolution of that as well. You know, the the chemicals behind what we're using and how we're using them. Um, the reactions, the chemical reactions, which is another form of combining materials and mm. and seeing what happens, and then delicately balancing it so that it's accurate and predictable. Fine tuning. Mm-hmm. But with performance art, uh, in what I do, there is no fine tuning. There's only an idea, and the result, somewhat of an expectation, of course, and mm-hmm. a result. And the performance that I made when I was in France last month was full of surprises. And surprises for me as well. Because when I'm performing, I want there to be a sense of newness for myself and the audience. So I experimented with some things that I was using, which were all related to fire, but I had never actually done those things ever before. <laughs> so you're just making it up as you're going along. Of course. Yeah. I mean, there's there's a, a non-linear narrative that happens within a space. But in terms of the actual result of the actions, there is no known outcome. And I think that that lends itself to a sense of discovery. Because everybody knows that there is no end game. It's all just a concept that unfolds before everyone's eyes, including my own. And people can sense that. People are so smart. You know, the senses, we're talking about all of these senses. We have so many of them. <laughs> Surprise. It's the champagne. <laughs> we have so many senses. You know, we can Surprise. hear we can hear everything you're doing, Zachary. Yeah. <laughs> Making a mess. <laughs> it's too exciting. Too many surprises. But it's a perfect example. Yeah unpredictability Mm. just like hitting the the event horizon of possibility yes and then then you get sucked in and that's called spaghettification spaghettification that's right down the wormhole yeah here we are now (laughs) right through the strainer only a few noodles make it through the strainer though Depends on what the noodles are. Yeah. <laughs> what kind of strainer are you using? <laughs> what shape of noodle are you? <laughs> Oof. Bow tie, I think. Oh, the bow tie. Are you multicolored or like straight up just like semolina flower? Uh, pr- I'm pretty white. You're pretty white. Nice. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Well. And I think it's uh, the sauce that you throw me in with. True. Yeah. Yeah. The shape, yeah, the shape, the shape is important because if you <clears throat> if you have a certain shape, you're going to hold the sauce differently, mm-hmm. you know? Like if you're a spiral, like a rigatoni or a penne or a, like a one of those really huge macaronis, you know? like or Even a fettuccine to a spaghetti. Oh, uh, yeah. And then you're just like... <laughs> you're everywhere. Kind of flat. Yeah. You're just swimming through. Yep. Yep. But you are still a vehicle for sauce. Delicious life experience. Yeah. 
<laughs> the sauce glad of life. <laughs> I'm glad we got through that. The sauce of life. Uh, that's that's our hit single. <laughs> the sauce of life. How was France? I arrived at France feeling very nostalgic because that was the second time that I had been there in that specific place at the Chateau. And I was really ready. I arrived ready and France was ready for me. We were waiting for each other. <laughs> and uh, longing. we were longing for each other even. Um, and I got to work right away and the culture and the, um, the appreciation for contemporary art is, is very strong. Even if people don't have a disposition for contemporary art, they still feel a bit more open to the concepts mm -hmm. that I was exploring. So I had a lot of studio visits with people who I had never met before and the work brought them to life and they spoke about it as if they knew what it was so i think that the the experience of the people was just as important as the experience of the place because you can go somewhere anywhere in the world and it will mean so many different things depending on what kind of interactions you have with the other human beings and i had the best of both and i was really lucky for that so three and a half months went by and I had such an intense experience. I remember one day in the studio, I was just ripping. Like I was ripping yarns. I was, I, I feel like it was the most intense creative day that I have ever had in my life. And I think that the energy from that was a culmination of desire to push all of the boundaries that I perceived were there, but really there were none. So it was just like completely open. And my only limitation was myself. And when it comes to my work and limitations, there are not many. <laughs> So it felt frantic. It felt, I mean, it was, that's unsustainable, right? Like that kind of behavior is, is un manic. unsustainable, manic, um, very impulsive, but also extremely focused and very linear, but also subcategories of focus and doing multiple things at once and trying different things and sweating and listening to music that is probably meant to melt your brain. Just really pushing everything. Every sense that I had was being pushed. And it happened really organically. Um, and I think that that's the only way that, that it can truly happen for someone in any sense, not just for artists, for anybody. And I had this dream the next night and I believe that it was a direct byproduct of the experience that I had in my studio that day. And it was this kind of amorphic form that was quite small initially, and it was existing in this black abyss. And 
it was there by itself and I knew somehow that it had consciousness and it was moving and kind of undulating and folding in and out of itself and, and expanding and contracting and it was all these particles like individual particles it wasn't a whole it was a whole in the sum of its particles and it started to manifest and grow and become bigger and smaller until finally it was so big in my dream space that I somehow sublimated with it and I became it and then I woke up in this crazy sweat what'd you learn from that experience (laughs) (laughs) I think what I learned was that what we do with our passion and what we're truly meant to do manifests itself within our psyche in ways that are surprising And I think that how we absorb the world around us shows up in what we do. And for me, I feel that I'm a very self-aware person. And I'm always thinking about why something is. Why is it that way? How was it made? What is that? Why am I interested? Why is Zachary so cool? All of those kinds of questions. Well, that's typically the people I hang out with. <laughs> Rub off. <laughs> it's joyful. And, it, and But really, truly, I, I feel like there is this kind of spark, this spark that is literal and figurative when I'm looking at the world and and I see I see something that could be transformed there is always some some desire to transform something or or deconstruct something Shalloway it's such a small bottle. It's really quite cute, this one. Nice. Thank you. Think back. I had an ankle injury <laughs> a few years ago. I was skateboarding down in Calgary. Tell me more. And I kind of rolled and compressed my ankle at the same time. And it was pretty... This is another channel. <laughs> it's pretty fucked up for a while. <laughs> But I wanted to rehabilitate it myself. Huh. You know, I didn't really go to physio or anything like that because I wanted to learn how my body worked mm-hmm. and to see how far I could get it. And I'd say I had it at like 95% back to strength and feeling fine. It was good. But I knew that last five, mm. I had to separate my ankle somehow for from it being compressed so i need to stretch it out and i couldn't quite figure out how to do that and tried just see a set of stairs or a desk and lean on it and rotate it one way or the other and try to mangle it up and couldn't 
couldn't just get that last thing that I was looking for. And it was a year and a half later. And then I cut it off. <laughs> I was getting close. <laughs> because it, it, it was like it was like having a Rubik's Cube, but only and one. now it is a Rubik's Cube. Yeah, but now <laughs> only one, one tile on, or one brick is out of place. Oh, it's fine now. Let the viewers see. Yes. All the viewers. <laughs> For everyone at home, this is what my ankle looks like. Yes. And um, what it was, it was on a foam roller. And I had it wedged in here, but sitting on it and was able to put all my body weight on it and roll back and forth. Mm. And I could feel the separation coming. And then it released. Surprise. Bingo. That might have been the nicest surprise <gasps> I've physically <laughs> ever had. That is, that is something. It tingled for a day and a half afterwards. And I... Just basked in in how good you felt it human felt. again. Oh, exactly. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. Mm. I felt, again, I and felt again, superhuman. And again. Yeah. <laughs> again and again. It just kept happening. You were like, "Wow, <laughs> I'm human." And that was. I liked that. Uh, the pursuit. Mm. And going, I know when I'll arrive there, and thinking so mm. many times. Oh. Oh, it's a mental game too. Oh yeah. But there's, there's been other things that I've been thinking about lately mm-hmm. and understanding that same process mm-hmm. of it will happen eventually. Mm-hmm. Just keep mangling it. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and putting, Just keep Rubik's cubing it. Exactly. Yeah. Everything you do, keep Rubik's cubing it Yeah. until you get that last tile in place. That's right. And you're not going to know when it happens. No. And you might not be human when you... <laughs> achieve that yeah you may have transcended humanity because that can happen so i appreciate that that pursuit of surprise i guess yeah i mean it takes a lot of resiliency and perseverance but sometimes it happens by accident yeah exactly sometimes it happens so effortlessly that even just the fact that it has arrived is a surprise. Mm-hmm. It's shocking, actually. There's, I think maybe there's a difference between shock and surprise. Yeah. But when you're surprised, you can also feel shocked. Yeah. And vice versa. The surprise is, is uh, almost the, the catalyst hmm. or uh, the ignition. I would say that it happens before that. The surprise? I would say that the catalyst is something that happens prior to the actual moment of surprise. Because yeah, if yeah. you think about the fuse and Sorry, the dynamite. I, I was thinking of catalyst to shock, but yes. Ah, okay. Yeah. So in that sense, yeah. Maybe that's it. Maybe it's the aftermath. Hmm. The shock is the aftermath. Yeah. yeah. Yes, I understand that. But yes, you're correct. The yeah. catalyst to surprise. Right. Like in a more zoomed out version. Yeah. Maybe that's like the long fuse. You know, like you've got the fire, you know what it does, and there's a fuse, but maybe you're not sure how long the fuse is. Mm. And maybe you don't know when you lit it, or maybe you don't know who lit it. But there is that anticipation. And that anticipation can also lead to disappointment. Absolutely. Yeah. You light that fuse thinking... The anticlimactic explosion yeah. of life. 
Yeah. I was even thinking if the fuse took way longer than you thought it was going right. to. Yeah. Or if it's fucking raining. Yep. Like there are so many factors. And then you just don't even care anymore. You go, ugh, man, I can't be bothered. Yeah, and then another one goes <laughs> off right behind your back. And you turn around and you're like, what? what? Where did that come from? And then someone's like waving at you yeah. with a little hat on. Or you're over here staring <laughs> at the corner waiting for something to happen. And you miss what's going on over there. Yeah. You go, yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There are so many little explosions going on everywhere and at different levels of the sky as well. And maybe even underground, mm -hmm. like earthquakes. Yeah. And we can feel volcanic this, eruptions. The seismic. Yes. Oh, don't get me started on volcanoes. <laughs> Those beasts. Wow. Incredible. Incredible natural phenomenon. Fire mountains. Yeah. You know what? Sometimes I feel like I get these moments where, and they happen just in a flash. I don't know if you've, you've ever felt this, but it's such a nanosecond of time, but it really stays with me. It, it like pulls at me. I can think about it, but I can't create it. It, it only happens when it happens. I can't conjure it. But sometimes I get this overwhelming feeling that I can pass through the earth and be at the core of the planet. And it's this dense, hot, solid mass of tension. But it's like there and gone, not even. Like a whisper of something or an echo. Not sure if I can't say I've felt something like that. And it also comes at the same time as this sensation I get where I feel as though something is molecular and extremely expanded at the same time. That I can relate to. Okay. On just from mushroom trips. Hmm. I found that's a very common occurrence. That's interesting. Where it's just understanding. Mm. Kind of like you can dissolve your ego mm. and understand how minuscule you are. Mm. And yet you're a part of something so incredibly large. Vast. Vast. And, yeah. and that matters. Literally. Yeah. It's matter. <laughs> yeah. And that's what's what I find so interesting about life is if you can maintain that perspective of understanding, like, I'm just I'm just a dude doing my dude things. This is it. But I'm pumped to be able to do them because it's incredible that this exists at all. So maintaining I, I like that, that uh, the tension between the micro and the macro. Mm. It is attention. Mm -hmm. It is tension and attention. Attention. Careful. So, and, and just 
right walking that line try not to go so far one way or the other it's that yeah we do but and i have felt the weight the weight of it all before the weight yeah gravity and time time and space mm. the weight you know yeah everything mm. massive compounded and that was a bizarre sensation mm. that took a few days to recover from. You know, this might be why <clears throat> I am immune to psilocybin. Mm -hmm. I've heard you say that before. Because I have these sensations. Naturally. Yeah. Yep. Just. Going on. Could happen anytime. Yeah, the neurology behind all of those kinds of psychoactive experiences is really, really fascinating. But I do feel like I, I go there. I can go there on my own. But oftentimes it has to be in a moment that is surprising. What songs can you think of that have the word surprise or surprising? <laughs> oh, not a song. The first thing that came to mind was... Which one? <laughs> it's not a song. It's Dokes from Dexter. Surprise, motherfucker. Oh. <laughs> See, I've never heard that one. You want to no, sing it? No, it's not, not a song. <laughs> oh. It is just a scene. That's, just two words. Yeah, just, just two words. <laughs> A song that has the word surprise in it. Uh, the first song that came to my mind was, um, oh man, how does it go? Um, you never realized that I was laughing. But then in the song, he says, you took me by surprise. Uh. I didn't realize that you were laughing. Is that it? Laughing. Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> laughing. Ha, 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 ha. As far as I know, you wrote this song. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot tell you. It's Bert. I think. Like Bert and Ernie? Yeah, it's Bert. <laughs> <laughs> to Bert and Ernie. Mm. Mm. Bless them. Mm. Total acceptance. Oh, I think I... Uh, Scissor Sisters. Mm. Whole new way to love you. Mm. Yeah. Come on. More. Oh my gosh. Hold on. If I can... I found a whole new you way to... to love you. Oh, I got a big surprise. Goes. Can't see your Sing eyes, but right I think now. you'll like you it too. There we go. Can you sing that again? Sorry, I was uh, I wasn't listening. Found a whole new way to love you. I can't see. Got a big surprise. Can't see your eyes, but I think you'll like it too. Some shit like that. Oh yes, Zachary. <laughs> some sweet, my God. You're some sweet, my God. You're some boy. Yeah, it's a good song. I love Scissor Sisters. And I. <laughs> admittedly have never listened to them um, i'm just glad i thought of it i was like i know i know one you did it yeah you did it 
Welcome to 2024. I did it. Full of surprises. <laughs> Surprised I remembered. <gasps> you never know what's going to happen. No. In front of a microphone. No. In general. Or otherwise. Yeah. Microphone's just another object. It is. Isn't that incredible? It's incredible that we're talking and that we're recording these moments and we're immortalizing them in a sense. We're immortalizing our thoughts. Oh. Sharing. Putting them in a in a format that they can be shared. Yeah. Outside of this room. Yes. That's a huge context for the motivation of of doing this and sharing sharing people's ideas and experiences and somehow finding value in that. Yeah. It's very altruistic. It has a very humanitarian concept to it and it's very hopeful as well and joyful well it's funny how much just listening to or having a conversation with someone can mean yes and you don't know where it's going to go oh i mean where are we where are we going we don't know no but i think it's good yeah i mean it's joyful absolutely in here and out there yeah we can hear people in the hallway right now (laughs) It sounds like they're having a joyful time. Speaking of time, what's our time? We're doing good. We're doing good. Yeah. We're doing good, folks. <laughs> I'm uh, I'm doing in radio, I guess. I've never thought of that before, but I'm doing in radio what they do in theater with the uh, fourth wall. Mm-hmm. I'm just breaking it down. Yeah. I'm looking into the camera right now by asking you how much time we have. Yeah. You, break the, you broke the illusion. Yes! My goal in life! <laughs> you almost broke the lap. Reveal the wizard! <laughs> yes. Bring her out! Where's that confounded wizard? But I like that. The, uh, that whole metaphor. I guess there's tons of metaphor in it, but just someone behind the curtain pretending to be something they're not. What does this button do? Mm. Pull this lever. I think that I've been very fortunate with this. There's tons of genuine people still out there. Of course. I mean, yeah. humans by nature, I feel, are genuine creatures. Mm-hmm. And because of the way that you welcome them into the space, there is a safety and trust and a reveal. Because it's pretty easy to tell when someone's being phony. And just... Okay. You can smell it. This is it. It's surface. Yeah. Superficial. But you know, that is only a sign of pain. people enjoy it pain some people are just not conscious of it no there's miserable there's there's not yeah and nothing's gonna change nothing really matters (laughs) anyone can see nothing really matters to me (laughs) i wonder if 
people who don't get surprised. Wow. That is a good question. <laughs> there's, there's, there's psychopathic. Yeah. Or just completely miserable. <laughs> Something shitty happens. Like, I, mean, I knew even, this was happening. I knew I th- this was going to happen. I, I don't know. I don't know, Zachary. I think that even people in the depths of their misery have some kind of hope. Even if it's a hope for more misery. <laughs> Honestly, I, I know people who love being miserable. And... Case in point. It is just unnecessary most of the time. It's an existence that some people have adopted so that they don't have to deal with what is truly vexing them. Yeah. What's vexing you? Personally? Hmm. Hmm. First thing that comes to mind is science, empirical knowledge, um, mostly space. Space really vexes me. Yeah. I can't comprehend it. Yeah. I think that's almost the point it feels like an invention and I don't know who to trust (laughs) I don't even believe stars are real at this point it's so (laughs) surreal it's so (laughs) abstract yeah I mean even to the people who are studying these things I think that like string theory and these kinds of concepts of like particle theory and all of these amazingly poetic and beautifully complex ideas about the universe they're just like yeah we don't know exactly it's just a (laughs) you're creating whole situations to call yourself a doctor to just tell us we i really (laughs) don't know like could maybe possibly yeah we thought about it you go you don't fucking know yeah we did some tests (laughs) How we look we we looked at this picture and <laughs> we put some color on it. Uh, yeah. So other people would look at it. And what we can gather from this picture is this is 200 billion light years away. You go, what does that mean? That there's no You know, there's something called ancient light. Because light is I guess for from what we know mm-hmm. in our dimension mm-hmm. as human beings, which is very little, light is the fastest that anything can travel. Other than the expansion of the universe. <laughs> Don't make me talk about spaghettification. We're back as, on, fast, back, as far as we know. We're speed back of into light, the noodles. Speed of, speed of light. I can't see the noodles for the trees. No. No. I can't see the noodles through the sauce. That's a better one. <laughs> That's a better one. I think that flexibility in terms of space and time is essential to realizing our purpose on Earth. 
I think that having the ability to think about a variety of things that could or could not be is really essential to the evolution of humanity. And I don't think, by the way, that we have evolved. I think fire did something for us, mm -hmm. but this was a discovery. This was not an evolutionary nugget of hope. This was for technology. Fire can be considered a technology. But in terms of real human experience and the neurology of us as homo sapiens, I'm not sure if, if we have got, come very far. Thoughts? Like since the invention of fire or as people in general? People in general. No, no. <laughs> I'd say we we that was fast. We plateaued a while ago. <laughs> yeah. We're just coasting. Yeah. No, actually, I think we're devolving. <laughs> I was just going to say, I think we're rolling downhill now. <laughs> oh, if only we had the Greeks back. <laughs> well, at least some sort of semblance of a society that cared to move forward. Mm. When governments are structured in the way that they are to literally literally retard progress mm. it's not gonna happen and that's just frustrating because then it's like okay well how do you change that and you go okay well you can't well there's a lot of paperwork involved and then there's a lot of uh, lifetimes but, involved exactly and there's a lot of people who have to start caring this is this is this is on repeat yeah And you think it's just going to keep the CD never going to, the CD player is never going to break? No. But the disc, the disc will degrade. <laughs> the disc will degrade. Can we get some vinyl up in here? Can we remix this? Let's start again. <laughs> <laughs> so my guest today is <laughs> let's just reverse the whole interview yeah, <laughs> yeah and then we'll release it on vinyl <laughs> and get people to play it backwards wreck their needles <laughs> oh, it's like petting a snake backwards <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, nature is a huge part of our existence as well. You know, like this whole concept of pets. I love my dog. I love my dog too. <laughs> right? He loves me. Yeah, of course. You know why? I saved him. It's evolution, baby. I saved him. Yeah, you saved him. And he saved you. No. <laughs> this is the domestication no, of wolves. No. This is the domestication of wolves. And also this happens. Pugs are not wolves. Mm, they're pretty close. You know what? I think they're closer to wolves than whales. Which is apparently where wolves evolved from, but 
Not sharks? Don't look at me like that. With my eyes? <laughs> Laser beams. Yeah. 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 What'd you expect? Fire eyes. Oh, man. If you could have any superpower, what would it be? Oh, uh, it's the ability to influence people. Mm, so will people to do things like a Jedi mind. So uh, a philosophy professor of mine. Actually, no. It was uh, I had this philosophy professor. Yeah. And then we ended up working together at the theater in Charlotte, Confederation Center of the Arts. I saw what I saw there. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> that one. And we were standing Your beard around. is getting in the way. Yeah, we were standing around waiting for the show to end. And everyone with superpower and people, you know, oh. x-ray, flight, whatever right. it may be. Yeah. And I said, uh, yeah, I want to, like, be able to influence people. Right. And five minutes later, him and the other guy come over from uh, the theater across the street. And they go, Kevin. We got a job for you. What, what superpower? <laughs> no, no. They go, what? What? Uh, what superpower would you have? He goes, influence people. And I just laughed. Soulmates. Because I've, I studied his material and I was like, you do that. That's what he does. Are you in love with him? No. No. I appreciate what he does mm. and what he did for me. Boring. And, and the conversations we had. Mm. Um, so yeah, influence. And not manipulate. Influence. Right. But it's interesting that you said manipulate in the same sentence as influence. Well, I think it's the intent behind it. Mm, intention. Yeah. I agree with you 100%. Yeah. Okay, so give me an example of something that you would want to use your power in. Give me a situation. Well, hopefully I can just do something uh, creatively that someone else appreciates so much that it encourages them to do something creatively. And hopefully that just goes down the line. Right down the line. <laughs> Yep. You know what I'm saying? I think you're doing that. I'm doing something. It's a superpower. Yeah. And that's uh, that's it. What would what would your uh? If I had a superpower, I think it would be to heal people. Mm. Mm hmm. But I would have to physically put my hands. Like, there would have to be a physical connection, literal physical. And if it was, like, healing of the mind, then it would just be, like, my hands. On the cranium. On your cranium. You just want to touch strangers. <laughs> well, I guess I'm not touching you. We know each other too well. I'm not a stranger, no. <laughs> no, but really, I think that there are so many incredible things that you could do if you could just... The ma I mean, Relieve. I could touch your Rubik's Cube mm, and yeah, solve it immediately. Two, three years ago. But then, you know, you wouldn't have had that formative experience of learning about your anatomy. Yeah. Mine, Which I is appreciated imperative. my journey. Yes, exactly. There's others who should be healed. You know, maybe it's more about the mind then. Because every time I think about that, I think about people's minds. I think about the um, psychological challenges that 
lay in front of so many people and have prevented so many people from being the creative force that they could be. Mm. That's what I've been curious about too, is why, like, I don't want people to get hung up on things that they think they can't do. Just try. Don't let doubt uh, prevent you from doing something. Go out, try it, fail. If that's all you needed to do to find out that wasn't for you, then cool, move on. But if you fail it and you're like, oh, but I can, I can get it next time, or I can, or I, or that was fun. Anything, anything that you take from that experience and use it to as fuel. As fire. Yeah. Keep going, baby. Yeah, I mean, for people like us who have this engine within us and this fire in our belly I think that that is very facile somehow we have been through that and we have experienced that but in order for somebody who is so blocked to even take a step towards something like that it just seems like the difference between oh it's almost impossible impossibility and because it's completely unknown yeah the unknown is is the fear of of all humanity i think i think we have that in common yeah but the thing is is once you get into it you'll be surprised at how easy it is yes back to the surprise yeah the circuity of surprise is in and of itself surprising yeah it's micro. It, it's almost inevitable i mean on a larger scale yes And I think that inspiring others is something that we have um, the joy and gift to somehow hope to give because we are creators. And in a sense, I think that what you're doing here with these interviews is a way to inspire others to consider their own story. Not even to tell it, but to just think about it and internalize it. Well, that's the guests who are doing that. I'm just connecting them to to the audience with all the guests sharing their experiences and what they do. Hopefully also encouraging people. Yeah, absolutely. And through a wide variety of fields, whatever it may be, anything that you're interested in, if you scroll through this page, hopefully you'll find something. Or just take a chance and yeah. and do something random. Yeah, exactly. Maybe it encourages you. You can be listening to someone else and something clicks and it encourages you to go do that one thing that you've been holding off on. So. Yeah, it's like when I told my papa about our interview tonight and I said, yeah, Zachary and I are going to have a little chat and uh, he's doing these interviews and and my papa, he's like, he loves the kind of inquiry of curiosities and you know he has a lot of stories many that I've never heard and he goes hmm, you think he'd ever have an interest in interviewing a an old guy like me and I was like yeah papa of course that would be amazing that would be incredible and so 
I'm just saying that because there is a ripple effect, you know. Even just for somebody to say that, like my papa, to be like, hey, that's cool. Seed of curiosity. Exactly. You plant it and, you know, water it, see where it where it goes, where it grows. And that's how things start to create a culture and a history. And I think that's so important. We need more of that. We need to relate more to each other. We need to learn more about our human experiences so that we can learn. Listening is a way to do that. It is. We're lucky that we can listen. Some people can't listen. You know, whether or not that means people feel alienated or their heart is closed or they need me to touch their cranium because they're an absolute stranger. Who knows? I can heal you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Regulars Anonymous. If you want to find out more about our guests, please check the bio below for all their links and information. Thank you for supporting by subscribing and following the show. I might see you out there and have no idea who you are.